There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Rarely going where no one has gone before. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is... I'm Redshirt Dave, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 1 of Star Trek Lower Decks. Does that mean I get a promotion if I'm a red shirt and these guys are, are in command on red shirt? What are they? They're ensigns. They're all red shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I know they're ensigns, <laughs> but they're like, that's like command. But I thought right. command was a, a, gold, uh, a gold color. <laughs> They're screwing me up. They're, they're already throwing a curveball at me. Steve. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we probably ought to talk about the cast, seeing that. Um, well, first, let's. What do you think about the episode? Oh, I liked it. I thought the second one was even funnier. Right. I was trying to think one word that described it, and it is frenetic. It is just frenetic. The, yes. The jokes, the side gags happen at warp speed. Yes. <laughs> Blink and you miss it. And that's some of its appeal, is they go so fast, especially. Beckett Mariner, she is like all over the place. I, I didn't see that from her in the second episode. She's not quite as off the wall. Right. She's definitely off the wall in this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I enjoyed it too. I think this is going to be a fun little series to to watch and enjoy. I, I know that there's a lot of negativity out there about it, but- Really? I'm, yes, unfortunately. Oh, that's because everything's so sacrosanct. Yes. When, uh, that's the beauty of this, and it it takes great pleasure in poking fun at regular Star Trek. Yes, <laughs> and it's I don't know great. why you can't like that. Yeah, it is great. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're yeah. both on the same page. <laughs> it's that culture. It, it, the culture out there, Steve. That oh no, you can't touch it. It's like the Disney culture when they attack poor. What's her name? Or a Star Trek culture, right? And they attack the Asian. Give, give me a break. Are you kidding? That's way too serious. Yeah. Find something else to complain about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don't watch it. Don't watch it then. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to have fun, definitely watch it. Yes. Yes. It's great for all the callbacks and yeah, the humor is good. I'm sorry. It is. It is good. Uh, for a Star Trek show, it's perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> in regular Star Trek, we get some humor. There'll be a little wink and a nod or they'll make fun of each other. Right. And it's been going on for a while. Even. He didn't intend it on purpose, but when Bone said something like, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Yes. I mean, that became a thing. <laughs> yes. And it was funny. <laughs> yep. And it's carried on through every series. It's not all serious all the time. They yeah, put in some humor in there, and this series is going to be more humor. So I know. It's they good. Put something, if they put in something serious, I won't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's get into the cast. Sure. So we have Ensign Beckett Mariner, who is uh, voiced by Tawny Newsom. She often disregards Starfleet's rules and regulations, likes to follow her own path, even if the path is climbing up the walls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or even her uh, castmates, her crewmates, I should say, 
She's like climbing all over uh, <laughs> Ensign Brad Boimer, who is voiced by Jack Quaid. He has a dream of becoming the captain of his own starship one day. And one of the funniest bits is when he's in, I don't know, some type of storage closet thing. Stops, 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 stops. And she catches him. And she says, oh, my God. <laughs> You're such a nerd. And then she's like hanging all over him and doing the noogie punch in his shoulder and everything. And then we get Ensign Rutherford, who's voiced by Eugene Cordero. And he's kind of adjusting to new cybernetic implants. And yeah. that's part of the fun, too. Yes. Because he's super serious because I guess they come from Vulcan. And Mariner just walks by him and points something in his ear, a light. And all of a sudden, he's in a panic. Yeah. He's in touch with all his uh, emotions. <laughs> And we get Ensign Davana Tendi, voiced by Noel Wells. Ooh, I wonder if she's in any relation to Don Wells. Probably not. Right. She's an Orion, a medical officer who's new to the Cerritos. Did you think it was funny or odd that they call the ship the Cerritos? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just a town in right. California. That's yes. the only Cerritos I know, unless somebody's from Cerritos. No, it's a you know? California-class starship. <laughs> yeah, California class. Oh, my God. I think the Shadros used to be called Dairy Valley, and I'm like, is there an inside joke there? Or right. I, I guess not. We get Captain Carol Freeman, who's played by Don Lewis. Oh, see that, Steve? We got Don Lewis and Noel Wells. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's Commander Jack Ransom that's voiced by Jerry O'Connell. Is that the Jerry O'Connell? Yes, that is the it Jerry is. O'Connell. Oh, yes. man. <laughs> All right, a true star. Yeah, and oh, they – on the, um, what is it, the Will Wheaton after show, yeah, yeah, he talked to Jerry, and yeah, Jerry's good friends with Jonathan Frake, and so okay, there you some, go. some great laughs about <laughs> competing number ones. <laughs> oh, God, that's good. And we got Lieutenant Shacks, voiced by Fred Tadas Shiori, I think, and Dr. Ta'ana, Jillian Bigman, one of the more unusual characters on the show. Yes. <laughs> Love it that Shax is uh, Bajoran. Yeah, and it's kind of like uh, Discovery, where the main characters aren't the bridge crew. Right. So they must have liked that. And yeah. They said, oh, these guys are going to be funny. You can't have, have the captain running around being funny. Anyway, I guess, first right. of all, they're not that funny. <laughs> 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 and secondly, you know, it's just easier when, uh, oh, what was it? Well, I'll get to it. I'll find it. Well, she's drunk. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like crazy. I'm just walking in as she's bouncing around. But the best part I thought of that was uh, that when she stabs him, she cuts yes. open his flesh. <laughs> like, oh, man, this show is going to be crazy. Yes, it is. <laughs> so the name of the episode is Second Contact, <laughs> which is funny because they're, yes. they're making fun of their own history already. Yeah. Instant Mariner and Boimler, I don't even know what a Boimler is, where they yeah. find that, I don't know, runs into dip, uh, difficulty on Galar. Meanwhile, an alien virus infects the crew of the Cerritos. Yeah, rage virus. It was That was hilarious. Yes, it was. <laughs> now we get a credit sequence, and if the opening scene, complete with the fake captain's log, doesn't set the tone for Lower Decks, then the credit sequence certainly does. Because the font is exact same as the opening credits of Next Generation, but the visuals are decidedly less inspirational. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, they're in a, an accretion disc to start with, and it's getting like a getting sucked into a tumbles into a black hole in an accretion disc, and like, well, we'll see you later. Then it zooms its way out, <laughs> and of course, it you see it hitting something and losing all power. Oh yeah, piece of ice. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> it pops up and 
in the middle of a battle between the Romulans and the Borg and turns and runs. Gets hit once and it turns around. (laughs) And of course, we see it heading through space with some creature on one of the nacelles sucking it dry. (laughs) I'm like, wow, the show's off the wall. Yes. Like Steve mentioned, uh, the episode opens up with the Cerritos and a captain's log summarizes recent events. It's definitely a, a Star Trek beat. You don't always get a voiceover from who's ever in command. But Mariner stumbles on Boimler doing the fake log, and he's pretending to be captain because that's his wish. Yes, I mean, that's his dream. Yep. <laughs> and that's going to be, apparently, that's going to be uh, his thing <laughs> right. right there. Yeah. But she's drunk on uh, Romulan whiskey. And look, it's blue. Yeah. <laughs> And it's not Romulan ale, it's Romulan whiskey. Yeah, Romulan whiskey. Huh, I don't know why they played with that, but they did. So she's flying all around. He's dodging the bat left. And then she stabs him with it, puts this huge cut in his leg. You can just see it peel open. They both go, ah! We also got a good look at Tendi as she joins the ship at Douglas Station. I wonder if there's a joke in there, too. Right. And then she finds Boimler and Mariner for her orientation. What do you think of the name Mariner, by the way? Is it's, it like Ancient Mariner? Yeah, or? that's what I'm thinking. It's, it's a tie-in to the, the old um, ship names being yeah. related to boats. Yeah, I think so. I think it is a callback to that. <laughs> anyway, Boimler's trying to fix a replicator and spitting a hot banana <laughs> for some reason. You don't see that in the original Star Trek. No! <laughs> so Mariner's always up in uh, Boimler's crap. She just can't leave him alone. No. And she volunteers to join them on the tour, and they run into Edson Rutherford. He was fitted with that cybernetic enhancement, but it was, pro- since we said it was programmed by the Vulcans and it tamps down as a motion. So she uh, signs like what looks like a flashlight. She's not an engineer, right? No. <laughs> no, she's in command, but that fixes it. And he's like in a complete and utter panic. Yeah, he's and got when, a hot date. <laughs> yeah, a hot date. <laughs> when Boimler wraps up to a mariner, insists that uh, she show the holodeck. She gets a look at the holodeck first. And she chooses a beach pro and Tenny tries out the temple on Orion and Boimler chooses the warp car, which is ridiculous because they have a warp car. Right. <laughs> she, she, uh, Mariner rolls her eyes like, oh, idiot. But, uh, she's, Tenny's never been to a beach. She's like, what is this stuff? Right. And she puts her hands in it like, uh, oh, mostly, uh, gets stuck all over you and gives you a rash. Yeah. <laughs> Mariner's like, gives you a rash? Right. Yeah, doesn't do it for everybody? No. <laughs> <laughs> And as we tail off towards the commercial interruption, Mariner has a holodeck loaded with an all nude male Olympic training room, which Tenny notes is very detailed, which is one of the funniest jokes in there. Oh, I, I yeah. tried I tried rating the jokes on the show. It was, it was going too fast. And let's see. Oh, I'm trying to find my, my joke list here. <laughs> Drunk Mariner. Oh, I got that as number three. Right. The sand, the sand gives her a rash. All nude Olympics. Wow, this is a really detailed program as these guys are grunting (laughs) and working out and all facing the two girls. Right. (laughs) Oh, gross. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the mission is on the planet in the Galar system. Commander Ransom is stung by an (laughs) insect as he concludes talks with the Galadorian counselor. And it's funny. This is second contact, which basically is just wrapping stuff up. Yeah. The paperwork. <laughs> first contact are they in the 23rd or 24th century 2485 i believe is what boimer oh, yeah? said yeah because i know one of them was born in 97 right who's, who's born in 97 
twenty three ninety seven. Wow. Okay. But yeah, this is right after. Supposed to be right after Nemesis. Oh, this is right after Nemesis. Too? Right. Yeah. Oh, great. Great leap off for all these shows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, Boimer arrives at the bridge where Ransom tries to boot him off, but Captain Freeman takes him into her ready room and assigns him to spy on Mariner for any infraction of regulations. Hmm, that's curious. Yeah. <laughs> now, with her being drunk and on shore leave, yeah, we can kind of see why, but... <laughs> yes, free spirit right away. Yes, and so they beam down to the planet to set up the comms array. Yeah. We go back up to the ship and see that Rutherford and Barnes are having a date in their ship's 10 forward when Ransom in infection turns him into a black bile spewing cannibal zombie. And it's so crazy. It's just nuts. All of a sudden, he's like, Rah! Yeah. It's just spinning goo. I, in this show, it's only two episodes, but I think they love bodily fluids. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the kind of the projectile yes. bodily fluids. Because it just it goes instantly insane. It goes right off the top insane. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else starts getting. They start chewing and biting into each other and spitting black that black slime everywhere. <laughs> and Rutherford and Barnes just continue their conversation while everything's going insane around them. And it's <laughs> I know. And they actually touch hands. Yeah, and they're like, ooh, I have a moment behind this table. Now back on the planet, Boimer sees Mariner leave the site with. Container of supplies. Uh-oh, that can't be good. Yeah, leaving the site. Yeah. And Tendi reports to sick bay where all the infected crew members are being <laughs> restrained and or treated. <laughs> Everything. To, anybody that comes in that door, you restrain them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, of course, she's there to report to her superior who happens to yeah. be the one on the bed. <laughs> infected. all over her. Yeah. <laughs> So Boimer follows Mariner out and confronts her when she presents her containers to some Galaradonians. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yes. And she explains that she's providing farm equipment while he's distracted. The aliens run away, leaving their gate open, and a giant spider-like creature emerges and chases them. <laughs> so her thing is to be a loose cannon, and his thing is seem to be, he strives to be a... Uh... A straight arrow. Yeah, by the book. Everything yeah, has got to be book. by the book. Yeah. <laughs> and so while they uh, have to hide from the spider, Mariner reveals that she was on Galar for first contact and that she has a whole lot more experience than he does. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah. In trying to wrangle the spider, Boimer ends up being full body suckled. <laughs> I know. She makes awesome. it up. <laughs> we'll get to that. She makes a few observations about that, too. <laughs> right, yeah, because she uh, comes up with the plan to make fake bodies of themselves so they have to lose their clothing. And so they're up in the tree half naked, and she jumps down <laughs> on it. And instead of, you know, he's too hesitant and ends up landing in the spider cow's mouth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like some type of nursery yeah. type of thing. It's gross. <laughs> yeah. Because of a course, fire for <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the aliens tell Mariner that oh no, he's fine. He's he just being suckled, and please don't shoot it because it'll spoil the milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, of course, Rutherford and Barnes have to take a spacewalk to get to the meetup point, continuing their date discussion. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, 
I like the little shoes yeah. across the back of the ship to glow. Yeah. <laughs> and they fight their way into a maintenance hatch where Barnes wants to get romantic. But yeah. Rutherford is distracted by the fact that the hatch doors malfunctioned. <laughs> what are the chances of that? Right. And you almost get one of those data moments with him because he's so concerned with that. And here she's wanting to get hot and bothered and <laughs> it just goes right over his head. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> now, of course, we go back to the med bay where Tindy is learning on the fly and is ordered to manually pump. Lieutenant Commander Stevens heart while he is conscious. <laughs> yeah. Time she, ow, ow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this show is uh, the way they quick take from one part of the uh plot, you can call it a plot, right? <laughs> to yeah. the other, you know, the storyline, the narrative. Oh man, just from one thing to the other. I mean, that's what the regular shows do, but in a half hour show, right. it's really so compact. Yeah. And it, it's, I think it adds to the fun, really. Yes. Absolutely. Finally, the spider falls asleep, and Mariner gets <laughs> Boimer into some borrowed clothes and heads back to the beam outside. Now, of course, Boimer tells her he's going to report her for breaking reg regulations. Yeah. And, of course, once they get beamed up, they find the ship is in chaos. Yeah. Everyone always screams, ah! Yeah. And Tiana realizes the spider slime Boimer is covered in is the antidote for the infection. Well, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> so Captain Freeman orders the team to get Boimer to sick bay so the slime can be synthesized. Protect that slime. <laughs> slime. A cure is found and administered through the air conduits, saving the ship. Yay. Yeah. And of course we see Freeman in a ready room, attributing the success to her senior staff, completely disregarding Boimer's role in bringing back a cure from the planet. Yeah, see the glory hogs and the bridge. Yes, and that was one thing that we hear Mariner say in the episode is, yeah, they're all just glory hogs. Yeah, glory hogs, yeah. And of course, Freeman asks for a report on Mariner, and he tells her that Mariner did everything by the book. I think he was a little disappointed at Freeman's log entry not mentioning him. And of course, once Boimer leaves... Freeman puts in a call to an admiral who refuses to transfer Mariner back to her old ship. The keto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out that, yeah, they're uh, married and Mariner is their daughter. <laughs> yeah. So that looks like it's going to be a, a big part of the storyline, too. It's only two episodes, but Wendler's always saying, how do you know so much? And I've been places. Right. She's also... The daughter of the admiral and the captain, so right. she's keeping that to herself. But I noticed in the second episode, he's doing the same thing. How do you know so much? Yeah. <laughs> so we go back to Ten Forward, where Tendy and Rutherford debrief his date, and Tendy empathizes with Rutherford's scientific curiosity over romance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he makes a big point out of uh, the doors not working, and she's like. Are you kidding? Yeah. And she totally agrees with him. That, that is so... I mean, she points both fingers at him. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. Can't believe that either. <laughs> and then Boimler lets Mariner know that he didn't report her. And she decides she's going to be his new mentor. <laughs> That's going to go really well. Yeah. But like I, I mentioned briefly, she's less frenetic in the second. Maybe they decided not to make her so off the top. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Two episodes and we'll get there. But it, it firms up the relationship. They both have their 
foibles, but I guess we're going to learn uh, they have each other's back. Basically. Right. Yes. Yeah. I so think, we're gonna, go ahead. Yeah. I just think that we're, we're kind of seeing how these four are kind of teaming up now. Hopefully in the future, we'll swap the teams and get to see the others interact a little bit more. But right now it sure seems like it's heading with Mariner and Bloimer and Rutherford and Tindy. <laughs> yeah. I can see those are our big four. Boy, did we have a bunch of Easter eggs in this episode. <laughs> yeah, we find out that, uh, well, we don't, we learned that this, this whole thing was inspired by the, the episode from the next generation, Lower Decks. Yeah. So why not? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone must have said to themselves, let's just run with this. And they did. They are definitely running with it. I'm glad they have such a good sense of humor. Yes. <laughs> we get we get a, a monkey's reference. Yes. That's in my top five jokes. I'll, I'll get back to that. Mariner is excitedly talking about Starfleet history and important figures like Spock and Khan and Noonien Singh and Sulu, Kirk, Worf, Gary Mitchell. Really? <laughs> I know. You know Gary Mitchell? Yes. <laughs> Madam Deanna Troy, Gary Mitchell. I uh, I have an autographed picture on my wall right here from Gary Lockwood. Right. It's with, it's with Keir Dullia from 2001 in Space Odyssey. And when they mentioned Gary Mitchell, played by Gary Lockwood, I'm like, oh, my God, that's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he got his eyes all silvered over in that episode, and he was a bad guy at least once. I think he was on the show a couple times. Yes, if I not, think he was. maybe at least one. Yeah, has good character. Oh yeah, and the also another one was the Cerrito shuttles are are themed like how DS9 runabouts were named after Earth's rivers, the shuttles on the Cerritos, which is itself an LA suburb. They have the California trees like redwood and Joshua tree stuff like that. What was another one? Oh, that was in the second episode. Yosemite. Yeah. 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 And, and there's plenty of blink and miss uh, from the species on the ship, like Benzite, Bolian, the ship's chief medical officer, being a Cation? Yeah. Yeah, Cation, okay. In a nod to the animated series. And then there we have the Argo from Nemesis finally gets a purpose as an ATV for transporting cargo. Patrick Stewart's obsession with off-roading finally pays off, which is hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> And the Cetacean Ops has been confirmed. It's a line from The Perfect Mate, which Jordi LaFord mentions dolphins on board. He may have alluded to the existence of a facility. However, it wasn't until Star Trek Lower Days that it was established that Cetacean Ops also existed in the regular timeline, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yes. Like, they must have really studied this show. Oh, yeah. The, to come up with those sorts yeah, of Yeah, Mike Mahan is definitely a Star Trek geek. Yeah. Wow. And I love it. <laughs> Should I give my, yeah. my top five jokes? Yeah. Okay. Number five is Ransom freaking out over biting everyone. Once he comes to and he's cured, he freaks out over he's biting everyone. Yeah. <laughs> did I eat human flesh? Yeah, did I eat human flesh? <laughs> and she goes, just a little, how much? <laughs> Number four was the the monkeys because they're walking out over the roof. just walking out with the death over the top of the ship and uh, – do you, are you familiar with the monkeys? Let's just say I'm a believer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. And the hol the holodeck uh, joke slash scene or bit, let's call it. Yeah. Was number three with the sand rash and the old nude Olympic training team, <laughs> and then even come back to her and she goes, "Wow, this is really a detailed program." <laughs> and uh, number two was my bones. Where I what was the name? That might have been O'Connell. Forgot that guy. He was one of the older members of the crew. Right. Oh no, it was it was uh no, it was Boimler. Yeah. Because he gets spit out and he goes, uh, My bones. <laughs> Don't worry, the doc will sign a flash a light over it, you know. 
because <laughs> that's what they do. They just wave a light. Yep. And then she then she looks at him and says, "You you took way too long with that thing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the number one joke is when he comes back covered with the slime, and the captain goes, "What makes him so important?" And uh, the doctor goes, "Nothing. He's worthless." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just so funny because it's so fast and yeah. so these guys are so sarcastic and and mean and snide. I loved it. Yeah. Well, we do have some feedback this episode, so... Holy smokes. Yes, our friend Fred from the Netherlands has given us some audio feedback, so let's take a listen. Hello, Steve and Dave. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1, Episode 1. Nice to be back. It has been quite a while since I gave feedback for Star Trek Picard. Okay, about Star Trek Lower Decks. Did I really plan to watch this? Well, actually not. But then you get into your social media and everything pops up. And then you think, okay, I have to check it out. It is Star Trek. And as being a big Star Trek fan, I thought, okay, I have to check this out to at least form an opinion about it. So I'm not sure yet if I will stay with you all the way. Of course, I watched every Star Trek. Um, Not completely true. Of course, I never watched the animated series. So, we will see what will happen. I did watch the two animated short tracks, though. So, when I started watching, I thought, is this a cartoon for children? Or is it a cartoon for adults? And it took me until the scene in the holodeck after Ensign Boimler left. And the two girls asked, or at least Ensign Mariner ask for a gym full of nude big guys. Then I thought, okay, probably adult. The beginning I found a little hectic, too fast paced. There is of course quite some exposition in it, but okay, we have to position this story, so that's not too bad for a pilot. The references at the end to the whole Star Trek universe and naming all kinds of famous Star Trek figures was nice but a little bit overdone. I really wondered if I had to put it in the category of a comedy. Is it a comedy? If it is a comedy, it's okay that Ensign Rutherford is sitting there with his, let's say, love interests, although in the back there are big fights. If it's not a comedy, it's all a little bit unlikely. So, I have to really watch another one or two episodes to form a proper judgment. That was all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Well, thank you so much for that feedback, Fred. I think Dave and I are definitely in agreement that yes, this is a comedy. (laughs) And yeah, we did say that it was very frenetic especially for the first episode and because you're having to tell the story in 30 minutes instead of an hour get used to it i think most of the stories will probably i don't think it'll be quite as bad this episode because they did have to get the exposition and set up who the characters really are but yeah it's this is definitely a comedy and i hope you enjoy it (laughs) yeah Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season and looking forward to interacting with you on social media. How can the fans interact with us, Dave? Where is that, Steve? I'll find it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
go to the Fangirl Zone at www.fangirlzone.com and click on the contact link where you click. Yeah, kick, <laughs> don't forget to lick the contact link. I'll leave that in, Steve. It would fit right in with the show. Yeah. <laughs> where you find several ways to contact versus e- email or social media. On Twitter is at Sally or Steve, and I'm at the real ID. You can lick on Twitter too, I suppose. Yep. Please review <laughs> and rate us on iTunes and every other platform you're listening to us on. Good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, as there are probably several lower deck podcasts out there. Tell your friends and hope you like our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. The second episode is on August 13th and is titled Envoys. So until then, remember. This is Chief Engineer Steve. Yeah, no, we're really not elite. We're more the cool, scrappy underdogs of the ship. Yeah, and this is the newly promoted Red Shirt Dave. And I'm going to fit right in these people because I don't wash my hands either, and I I do enjoy doing kickflips. 